Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Yo. Yo. First full day of fall is here. Happy Thursday, everybody. If you're in a football pool, get your picks in because week three begins tonight. Carolina in Houston and Jays fell out of a playoff spot. They got beat up by Tampa Bay yesterday. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I like what the Jays are doing here, though. They're basically putting all of the, the blame on Doug at this point. They've asked to increase their capacity at Rogers Center. And even with the increased capacity, they wouldn't even be anywhere close to the amount of fans that they're putting in the stands down in the States. They just want to have more than 15,000 people at Rogers Center, which can hold 48,000 for a game. So they still don't have an answer from the province. Fuck you, Doug! (laughs) So they said, fuck it. They put tickets on sale this morning. And they say, (laughs) if the government comes along and says you can't do it, we'll refund your money. But we got to get going here. You know what? That's a better way to do it because it, it it's slow. It is a slow process. And it's better to what? Ask for forgiveness than beg for permission. And such yep. seems to be the case when it comes to our government. So I don't blame them one bit at all. At all. And I think that they'll probably get away. It'll probably end up being fine. They just feel like they've got other fish to fry at this time. And that's probably why they're not getting a response. I don't know. I mean, we just went through, was it eight weeks without a word from Doug? What the fuck was he doing? I know he says he was busy, but... Doing what? Fuck you, Doug! If if the Jays come to you, and I mean, that's a pretty big uh, piece of real estate in Toronto down there at Rogers Centre, generates a lot of revenue for the city of Toronto and the province of Ontario. If they have an ask, I would think it would get to the Premier's desk sooner than later. Or Dr. Kieran Moore. What does that fucking guy do all day? He can't possibly be that busy. I know it's a pandemic, but Jesus, there's a lot of other people below him that are doing all the work. So, anyway... Good on the Jays. Tickets are on sale now for that final homestand, the playoff push. And if Doug says no, and the Jays just made it very hard for Doug to say no, then they'll refund your money. But I'm pretty sure they're going to allow this to go through. Uh, One more thing on this, and then I don't want to talk about Vax passports or anything else. But I, I just want to read a couple of comments here from Facebook. This one from Anthony, who in response to our post this morning, Yesterday, the premier gave a news conference and we posted it and and Doug is asking for everyone to remain calm. Anthony says, I'll be anything but calm. Ask me for my medical information and you're not a doctor. You're going to need one. Oh, my God. Why? Why, dude? Why? I get it. I get it. I understand you. You you made a sign and you, you marched around in a circle outside the hospital and you probably chirped some nurse or something and, and you, cha- you started a change.org and you're shocked <laughs> that none of those highly effective tactics worked and we still got the passports. You're probably mystified that that foolproof plan didn't work. But you got to calm down a little bit. Yeah. Everybody needs to calm down a little bit. 
Uh, here's just a little bit of Doug Ford from yesterday. And I know that this election was difficult for a lot of people. Emotions have run high as candidates debated pandemic policies, including vaccine mandates and certificates. This morning, Ontario launched its own vaccine certificate. As of today, Ontarians will need to provide proof of vaccination before entering certain high-risk indoor settings, including restaurants, bars, casinos, theatres and gyms. These settings were chosen based on the advice of the Chief Medical Officer of Health. The policy does not apply to outdoor spaces where the risk of transmission is much lower. I know that many people are concerned about the certificate and what it means for your civil liberties. I know that this is a divisive issue and that's understandable. I want you to know that I hear you. Our government understands your concerns. And it's no secret that I was reluctant to use this tool. But our highest concern, what keeps me up at night, is ensuring we never lose our hard-fought progress. Are you good with that? Did he say what needed to be said? Is that enough to quell some of the controversy? Um, I don't know. The people who are, the people who are kicking and screaming and stuff are going to continue to do it no matter what he would have said. Am I wrong there? No, no, you're not wrong at all. Uh, the last thing I want to play for you here is a great question from Cynthia Mulligan, who is back working at Queen's Park again. That's great. She's got a, a resurgence of breast cancer that she's battling, but she's doing great. And she got to ask the premier the first question yesterday. Thank you. And may God bless the people of Ontario. We'll take questions from the media. Just a reminder, it's one question and one follow up. Hi, Premier. Hi, Cynthia. Welcome back. It's so good to see you. It's good to see you, too. Yeah. Uh, and it's been a while, but even while I wasn't here, neither were you, Premier. <laughs> this is your second news conference in eight weeks, I believe. Yes. Where have you been? Everybody's been talking about yeah. where's Doug Ford. He's gone MIA. You're yeah. the leader. People yeah. expect you to be leading this province, particularly in the fourth yeah. wave of the pandemic. Why haven't you been visible uh, to the mass public? Sure, sure, Cynthia. And I appreciate the, the question. No, you don't. <laughs> Every single day I've been traveling uh, from east, west, north, south, out speaking to the people, dealing with a pandemic. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to get involved in this federal election and uh, we're, we're doing our job. We're making sure that we're fighting the fourth wave, making sure we're taking care of the people, making sure our hospital capacity is up to par, and uh, helping people. But there is not one day I stop. I, I go 24-7 around the clock, and I'm going to continue doing it until we get this behind us. So I appreciate the question. Did he answer the question for you? Because no, I'm not I, sure that I understand what the fuck he's been no, doing for the last eight weeks. No, I didn't. That wasn't clear. No, that wasn't clear to me at all. I heard he went north, and then he went south, and then he went east, and then he went west, and 24-7, but where the fuck were you? <laughs> Jesus, Doug. <sighs> okay, uh, let's get on to a couple other things here. It is uh, something that we all deal with every single day. What time do you eat? What time is dinner time in your household? And for me, it's a bit of a moving target, but I don't even mind admitting I'm such an old man. I am a, a, a Gen Xer who's living in the body of a senior citizen living in Florida. I want to eat dinner at like 4 p.m. And I'd be fucking thrilled if I could do that. <laughs> now, is that because 
and and you and I are in the same ish schedules, albeit our lives are very different, but same ish schedule when it comes to work. Is that because you go to sleep earlier than your average person probably does and wake up much earlier than your average person probably does? So I'll tell you a little bit about how my household works. And it's just me. I live alone and I like to do something. Speaking of Florida, that is an American tradition. I enjoy happy hour. So every day around 3, 3.30, I start com- uh, going through the news stories that I'm going to use the next day on our radio show mm-hmm. and here on After 9. And once I get all that done, I basically have no more responsibilities for the rest of the day. So that's when I like to crack open the bar. And after I've had a martini or two, then I'll light a joint. And then after I've had a joint, then I just want to eat. So I usually like to eat around four or five o'clock. It really doesn't have anything to do with when I go to bed. It's more just, um, well, you got to feed the need. Hmm. The weed wants what it wants. Hmm. Which, yeah. What about you? What time is dinner time at the Callahan household? It's, this is so, it's embarrassing. It, I, I always find it embarrassing, but we shouldn't find it embarrassing because everybody's life is so different. I, I much like you, prefer to eat earlier i i feel as though i almost have to but i have young children and i'd say if i had to put a time stamp on it somewhere around 4 45 p.m is when yeah. we eat dinner because it's especially with the new routine with the the oldest in school that uh she's hungry she's hungry when she gets home from school she's ready to eat she has a decent appetite at that point um she's had a long day my youngest goes to bed at six so I want to make sure I try to feed her by 5 because I feel like I don't want to feed her right before she goes to bed. She's asleep by 6.20, like out cold for 12 hours at that time. So that's the reason why I feed them so early. But while I'm making them dinner, why would I not just get my meal prepared? And I'm hungry anyway because I tend to eat only twice a day. I've got a weird system where I eat, you know, when I get home from work, whatever that is, and then I'll eat again right around, you know, 4.45 or something. And then that's usually it. Every now and again, maybe a snack before bed if I feel hungry. But yeah, that's me. I I get up early too. So that to me is late. (laughs) Okay, but you're on that keto diet. What's a snack before bed for you? Like what do you eat? Like a a, a tablespoon of peanut butter or something? Oh, I have. Almond butter is a preference for me. But almonds or almonds are really good um, before bed. There's lots of different things that you could do. A little mini charcuterie plate. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So they asked people and the reason they were asking people is because they're always trying to figure out when we do our various things so they know when to call. You know, those telemarketing calls, they don't like calling over the dinner hour or they try to avoid it because people get pissy when you interrupt their dinner. So I understand 34 percent of people eat between six and seven p.m. That's the most common time for people to have a meal right when the evening news is on. One in four eat between five and six. You got to be super organized if you're a nine to fiver to have a meal ready before six o'clock. You know, you get home, got off work, get home, get dinner prepped, and you're, you have it done before six. That's a tough one. But if you can do it, good on you. So 59% of us are eating dinner before seven. Another one in four eat between seven and eight at night. Eight what? at night. <laughs> Not all of us are on cocaine. Sorry, but 8 o'clock is way too fucking late. Holy shit. What is this, France? You can't fucking eat at 8 o'clock at night. 8 p.m.? 
That's, Fuck. That, that's a very vacationy thing to do, isn't it? Like when you when you have a week off, when we finally get that nice week off, usually it's the summertime. That's the only time I've ever actually eaten that late. Or when I make plans with friends who are one of these night owl motherfuckers that decide to make a reservation at 730. I'm like, excuse me, you made the reservation for, to start at 730 p.m.? Really? That's just crazy and extremely inconsiderate of your friends who work in broadcasting. That's what that is. Yeah, I'm talking to you, all my friends. <laughs> it is rude. My sister-in-law it's always rude. My sister-in-law made fun of me so hard once because we were trying to celebrate an occasion and and I feel I don't even remember what the occasion was, but my parents invited us over for dinner and the dinner started at 6:30. And I was like, "Oh, okay. It's a weeknight. Keep in mind, weeknight at 6:30, you know." Okay, so just trying to calculate. All right, I'm not going to linger too long after the dinner. I got to get home. And she, <laughs> my sister-in-law just made fun of me the whole time because the whole time I'm looking at the clock going, are we serving the appetizers yet? Like, can we, get, <laughs> can we get on with this, please? There's dessert? No, there's not dessert. Dessert? Like, <laughs> you fucking lunatic. They should lock you up. Are you nuts? I got shit to do. I still have to go and wash my face and brush my teeth and put my jammies on. I got a lot of shit to do. 4% eat dinner in the 4 o'clock hour. 4% yeah. are eating between yeah. 4 and 5 yeah. p.m., and I'm here for it. <laughs> we should normalize it. Let's have dinner earlier. <laughs> now, by the way, these early birds were not all old people, although those that are 65 and older were far more likely to be done eating dinner before 5 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> but... But I would like to be that 65-plus person who eats before 5. Hey, how come we don't have those early bird specials here in Canada like they do in the States? You know, they know that their dinner rush is going to happen between, say, 5.30 and 8 p.m. That's all well and good. But they try and entice more people in by offering a special at between, like, 4 and 5. Yeah. How come more places don't do that yeah. here? Yeah, let's drop a discount on the steaks at 4 p.m. Because I'm there. I'm there. Let's go. Eat by 4 or 5 p.m. That's crazy. I can't believe I'm in the 4% of the I know. Me too. With people's grandparents. I know. And you know what? Uh, Go ahead. Judge us. I don't care. Judge us. Go ahead. You can talk shit all you want on Instagram and the DMs today. Go ahead. Ah, you fucker old man. Yeah, I am. But you know what? I feel fantastic at 5 o'clock and you're starving. You go ahead and send those DMs to me, but if it's after 7 p.m., I'm not fucking checking them. You'll get a reply tomorrow at 4 a.m. You'll get a reply when I'm fucking awake, okay? (laughs) It's a really good thread on Reddit asking people, what do you feel you're really wasting your money on? What's a huge waste of money? Let's run down the top 10. Number one on the list that we waste money on is designer clothes for kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They say kids grow too fast. They rarely need to dress up. You going out and dropping $60 on a button-down Lacoste Mm -hmm. dress shirt for your one-year-old is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Don't waste the money, they say. What about you? Are you just as good with a... A onesie from Walmart as you are from Baby Gap. Oh, absolutely. And when it comes to the baby stuff, and my kids are out of the baby-ish stuff, but when it comes to that, nobody they puke all over everything. So it, maybe you're listening and you're expecting. First so of do all, I. 
I've had to throw out a few onesies. <laughs> you should also shop in the clearance section. But yeah, it, if, if you're expecting, congrats from all of us here at the After 9 podcast. However, don't, don't worry about the fancy shit. They will puke on it. It will be discolored and gross in no time flat. And you're going to end up with extra shit. Don't buy too much of it. I think kids' clothing, that's a great one for me. I, try to, I tend to go with a $5 rule. But I'm a, I prepare myself in advance. For example, I'll give you an example because you're wondering, $5 rule, what is that? I don't pay more or I don't want to pay more than 5 bucks per article of clothing. Long sleeve t-shirt, pants, etc. The only exception made, winter boots. Those are very, very important. You need to make sure your kids stay warm. And any apparel that goes along with that, including jackets and scarves and hats, whatever it might be, because warmth is so important here in Canada in the winter months. Aside from that, I don't give a shit. $5, I'm on that rack right now. The summer shit that they're clearing out, when you pass it by at Joe Fresh, you pass that shit by at Children's Place, Old Navy, it's me. I'm going through, sifting through that stuff, trying to figure out what size my kids are going to be next summer, and I'm buying all those $2, $3, $4 dollar items now because it is such a waste of money when they go up to 20 bucks come spring. Give me a break. So that's a great one. Let me play devil's advocate for just a sec. So you like your $5 rule. No article of clothing should cost more than five bucks. How much for one of your bras? Well, my breasts are very important, first and foremost. I mean, they're pretty, they're pretty great. Far more important than the kids. They're, no, listen, kids' clothes. These are they, some premium tits here. My, Look my, at this. Tits, my tits actually haven't grown or, or shrunk, really. So I, I'm okay with spending a lot of money on them because I know I'm going to use them and take good care of them and wash them. Kids grow. Kids grow very quickly. I literally just had a kid that was in 5T. Now all of a sudden she's a small. It just happened. It happens that fast. So that's where the waste of money comes into play. But tits aren't grow Well, I don't think they're growing any more than they are now. So that's a t- completely different situation. Completely different. And adult clothing is more expensive anyway. So I'm just specifically talking about kids because they grow fast. You don't need the shit afterwards. Um, the only exception that you might make is a fancy dress now and again for a photo shoot or a, you know, a, a wedding or something. That's totally understandable. I would do that too. But on a day-to-day basis, five bucks. I don't want to spend more. Maybe, maybe $7 every now and again, but that's it. What would a $5 bra feel like? <laughs> <laughs> Duct tape. Well, my hurt. nipples are bleeding. I don't understand. <laughs> Pain. Yeah. All of the things. I'd rather go braless, I'm sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They say, uh, and again, this is the things that we spend money on that are just a total waste. Baby toys and pet toys are two and three. Uh, Baby toys, they say babies ignore expensive toys. Mm -hmm. They would rather play with just some random knickknack or something you've got laying around. And when it comes to pet toys, they say it's the same thing. You can spend 50 bucks on some cool chew toy, but they're just as happy with the cardboard box. So don't spend money on baby or pet toys. Interesting. Okay, so how do you feel as a dog owner? I am assuming you spoil Charlie to death. I spoil Charlie more than I spoil my actual kids. So when it comes to toys, how do you feel about that? 
Um, it's almost like a bit of a challenge to me when it comes to toys. Maybe it's just the competitive side of me. But when I see a toy that says indestructible, can't be chewed, I think, <laughs> I bet you my dog could. I feel like I'm yeah. going to prove you fuckers wrong. Yeah. You give me that Kong and I'm going to give you back a pile of rubber in a few hours. <laughs> so I do buy a lot of toys for him. Uh, I actually just found him a new food yesterday. I know this is off topic, but I decided to try it out as a treat. It's regular food that's all dehydrated. So what you have to do is you add water to it, warm water, and you just stir it and let it sit for, I don't know, like 15, 20 minutes. And then eventually the food rehydrates into a meal like a person might eat. Wow, that's different. It's a gross meal that a person might eat, but dogs seem to fucking love it. Uh Huh. Okay, good, good, good. Also on the list of the things we waste our money on. Cable. They say those who have not yet cut the cord are still making big monthly payments. Mm. I, uh, I can't be a hypocrite on this because it took me a long time to cut the cord. But man, once I cut it, holy shit, I love having an extra 150 bucks a month in my pocket. I'm watching it through IPTV, and I have a couple of streaming services, and and then there's the other ones like the Roku channels and stuff like that. I really don't understand why I was paying that much money monthly when I can get almost everything the same on the other channels for free. It's weird to me. Yeah, I'm one of those suckers that still pays a cable bill, I guess. Um, And when I was going back and forth between adding something like IPTV, I just had a lot of concerns about sports, but you never have that issue? I have over 500 channels, wow. and and I just pay my guy. Uh, every six months, I go and drop an envelope full of cash in his mailbox. It's uh, This is I, all I, legit, then? This sounds very legit, very legal. Uh, yeah, he only communicates on WhatsApp because it's encrypted and shit like that. Wow. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's... Um, you're not buying it from, from Rogers or from Bell or Kojiko or whoever you're with. Uh, it's somebody who's figured it out. So I give the guy... It works out to about $15 a month, and I own the box. I own it outright. That was $100. And I I get every channel you can imagine in every language you can imagine. Mm. And I can watch college sports because there's channels for that in different markets in the States, and they're all aggregated together. I have a guide. I love it. I I think it's really, really good. Uh, Streaming services. It's funny because they say cable is a huge waste of money when we have streaming services. Then they say streaming services are a huge waste of money for those who have cut the cord. Okay. But that's because we have too many of them. Okay, great. So you saved 150 bucks a month when you got rid of your Rogers cable. Okay, fine. But then you took on like six different streaming services at an average of $15 a month. You're not really saving that much money. They say you should have one, maybe two streaming services. And I don't even think we count Prime, right? Because I think people would have a Prime membership anyway, and it comes with Prime TV. No, no, no. See, this is where it's interesting, is that you actually have to pay more for some of the stuff on there. Oh, really? If you have Basic Prime, you have stuff that's included on Basic Prime, and it's okay, but there's good shit. You got to pay for it. Oh, I didn't know. Yes. There you go. Fun fact. So that Savage by Fenty Rihanna fashion show that's on tomorrow night, do I have to pay extra for that or is that just on Prime? Because I, I have that, but only because I have a Prime membership. I don't think I've ever even looked at it. Yeah. So, oh, really? Oh yeah, my gosh, I have it and I never use it. use it. Okay, so 
you that one I actually don't know, but when you scroll through, you'll see it'll tell you what's included, and then you'll see all these other this other shit that looks really good, by the way. And then you're like, oh, you want to you're suckered in. You're like, oh, I want this, and then it says additional, you know, additional eight dollars, additional seven dollars, additional six dollars. Ah, I know it's horseshit. Or you can pay outright for a membership. I believe that gets you all of those things. If I'm not mistaken, someone might correct me if I'm wrong there. But all I know is uh, straight up Amazon Prime. It, it, it's okay. It's okay. What are we wasting money on? Upcharges at car dealerships. <laughs> you know when you buy a car and they're like, oh, well, you know, for just an extra $1,200, we can put the undercode on yes. that. Or for an extra $1,500, how about we rust-proof it? So I don't necessarily think those upcharges are a waste of money if you're buying the vehicle. But if you're leasing the car and you know you're giving it back in three years anyway... Why would you pay for rust proofing and and undercoating and all right. the other upcharges that they give you? I don't understand that. Yeah, there's a lot of money grabs. There's a lot of money grabs in that business, and people who work in that business will tell you that that they are just things they have. They have no choice but to give you that laundry list. You know, you sit down with that person, and you're all excited. Ah, I get my car. Nope, you got to go talk to this guy first, and they'll go through that list, that list that you speak of with all of those things on it. And sometimes you feel like, oh, I need to do that. Do people do that? And they have no choice but to ask you. It's part of their job. Hey, do you want this? Do you want that? Eh, it might be a good idea to get that. Next thing you know, yeah, you're right. You're paying more than you need to. Funerals. They say going into debt over someone else's send-off is probably not what they would have wanted. See, the funeral thing, that's tough, right? It's like, oh, my goodness, my my whomever passed away, and we've got to give them a good send-off, and we've got to do everything properly and have a nice funeral. When in reality, uh, they're dead and they probably don't want you to spend yeah. a ton of money on this thing. Yeah, it's it's sensitive because depending on the situation that has you planning a funeral, you may be in shock still. That might be something that took you by surprise. You're mm-hmm. dealing with people whose emotions are all over the place. So how do you tell someone or how do you go without giving a proper celebration what you feel in your mind is a proper celebration to that person. You just go along with the flow usually and say, yeah, get them whatever, all the flowers, all the things. Oh, we need as many people there as we can. Yes. All the food. Yeah. The caterer will, will say yes to everything because in the moment you're so struck with grief, you just do it. I love how my Nana did it. Now, now she was, um, you know, blessed enough to be an old lady when she passed, but she planned her funeral in advance. She told Everybody, what she was going to do, she went to the funeral home with my dad, and which is a weird situation, I'm sure, to go with your parent to a funeral home to arrange your future funeral, and said, nope to this, nope, 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 don't want that, I'm paying for this up front, though, it's already done, she paid for the casket, she paid for everything, She again, she was blessed to be able to do that, and that way, when she did pass, those who were grieving didn't even have to think about it. I love that. I hope to one day be in that position where I can do that, and not leave people with that predicament because they do end up probably spending money that they don't need to spend. Okay. But isn't there a certain aspect of salesmanship when it comes to the, the death industry? I mean, don't they kind of corner you and do the whole, well, you know, for this amount, we can put them in a, a pine box and bury them and they're, they'll be fine. But for this amount, not that much more. You can have this beautiful Oak custom coffin mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I, it, it is kind of skeezy if you think about it. <laughs> it sure is. It, it sure is. Everything from the casket to the tombstone. You know, you look at these 
tombstones, sometimes you just see like a brick in the ground, basically. And some people will do that. Just a brick in the ground with a name. That's all I want. Or that's all you could afford because I know it's expensive and not everyone can even do that for, for the, their loved ones. And then you see these monuments of angels and you think, well, my loved one deserves an angel. Well, how much is that going to cost? $10,000. But they're going to rest with an angel above them. Yeah, it's absolutely skeezy. You're right. It's gross. I would feel pretty sick to my stomach if I was that per- if, if I felt like I had to be that salesy person when it comes to funeral stuff. Mm-hmm. Ick. The last thing they've got on the list here for the biggest waste of money, printer ink. They wrote, if we could print with 1959 Dom Perignon, it would be cheaper than printer <laughs> ink. <laughs> it's true. Why is it so fucking expensive? There's, there's many times of the year when those sales happen where it's actually cheaper to buy a new printer that comes with ink. Yeah than to just buy the ink for the printer you have. Isn't that the reason we all print shit at work? Yeah. <laughs> like, you'd think that printering somehow keeps the global yeah. economy turning. It's so dumb. Scott, it is expensive. And it takes a lot of people by surprise, I think, if they get their first printer. Or maybe they haven't had a printer for a while because they print things off at work. Or they decide to add one to their home office, which is a lot of people... Had a home office built in the last couple of years. They go to get the printer and they're like, yeah, I'll get the printer. Oh, 100 bucks? Great. I'll get one cartridge here. Also $100? What? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It certainly is. And I mean, me, I, <laughs> I, uh, I'm strategic about my printing because in my home office, my studio here, I have to uh, print off my, my news script every morning. So that, eh, no big deal. Two pages every single day, it's fine. But then I look at something like my Vax passport, and I'm actually examining it. Oh, with the watermarks, that's a lot of ink. I'll, I'll save that one and print that one at work. And I'm actually like negotiating with myself. Is it worth it to drive to the office to print this? Because that looks like it's going to use too much toner. Yeah, spend $15 in gas money just to get a printed piece of paper. <laughs> okay, I don't want to take up too much time, but I got a couple of headlines to read you. Uh, you tell me if you need more information. Okay. A leaked memo, leaked from Apple CEO Tim Cook, says employees who leak memos do not have a place at Apple. <laughs> he sent out a memo to say stop leaking memos, and somebody leaked that memo. Okay, I love this. I love this because um, I feel like, wouldn't they encrypt these memos or something? Isn't there a way to find out who leaked it? Maybe it was a test to see who would leak that. Oh, well, and see, if you're working for one of those big tech companies like Apple or, or BlackBerry or, or whomever, they might have some technology that you don't even fucking know about. And maybe they can track, huh, who printed that email? Who forwarded that email? Maybe they're watching what you're doing just to try and catch you fucking around. I don't think I would take a chance if I worked at a, one of the big tech companies with that sort of shit. Next one. Oh, isn't this ironic? A new study says the, not even the vaccine, the cure for COVID-19 likely lies in bats. Apparently bats have great immunity. They hmm. can catch viruses without actually getting sick. Now they intend to study whether or not from bats we can extract a cure for COVID-19. I mean, if you believe the story that COVID came from bats in the first place, then, yeah, I suppose it makes sense that bats could also contain the cure. 
I just don't know that I believe COVID came from a bat in a wet market in China. Right. It's seeming more and more likely like it came from a lab in Wuhan, and it's seeming more and more likely like there is a Canadian connection there. So we'll wait and see if anybody catches a bat and it has a cure for COVID in it. <laughs> Sherwin-Williams has released the 2022 Color of the Year. We mentioned this casually on our radio show today, and I was shocked at the amount of people that mm-hmm. were, were very curious about this. Now, it's Sherwin-Williams. They're a paint company. These are the colors that we would likely use to paint in our homes, not wear as clothes. So the 2022 color of the year is evergreen fog. They say it is a gentle gray-green hue. It's, uh, okay, it's pretty. You it's, think it's pretty? I think it's a nice color, yeah. I thought it was kind of dirty looking. Like really? I, I looked at the walls that they painted evergreen fog, and I thought, yeah. Nothing really nice about it. Really? See, I like it's a it's a very neutral. How do you explain it? Like it's a very neutral greeny gray tone. Is that is that what we we could we could do that right? Sure. Almost. It, it's it actually seems more on the gray side than the green side. To be honest with you. Yeah, and it's. I think that it would. The reason why I like it is because it is very neutral, and you can use it regardless of your furnishings. If they're white, if they're brown, uh, if they're beige, you could probably use that. That color, if you're just looking for a freshen to just to freshen up the look, it looks really crisp with white, though. I noticed that it looks really crisp with a, a white trim. Uh, but really, it seems to be pretty, pretty like flexible in terms of what it would work with. I like it. And finally, they're celebrating the Moon Festival in particular over on the other side of the world in Henan, China. They were having a Moon Festival, and this is a big deal. Everybody comes out for the moon festival and they decorate and it's a big thing. So for part of their moon festival, they decided we're going to have an actual moon. So they had a giant inflatable moon brought in. Oh, it's beautiful. Look at that as a backdrop for the moon festival. It looks like a giant full moon. Here's the problem. The moon is round. (laughs) And <laughs> okay, hang on. I see where you're going with it. <laughs> Apparently, uh-huh. no one in China realized that a round things will roll and B things <sighs> don't roll if they are tied down or secured. Those two thoughts escaped everybody over there. And it was a major situation when this giant inflatable moon started rolling away <laughs> during the festival. <laughs> It actually ran somebody over. They got run over by the goddamn moon. Are they okay? They're fine. I think they were more shocked than anything. Like, whoa, what the hell just happened? Okay, tell me you saw a fucking moon go by, too. (laughs) (laughs) And on that, we will say, hey, thanks a lot for listening to this edition of After Nine. Tomorrow is Friday, and that means our buddy Dave Blizzard is going to join us. Next week, we have a guest. Are, are we talking about that, or do you want to wait till it's actually done? Yeah, we can. Well, I mean, it was confirmed, so as far as we know, um, you know what? Why don't we just hint it at this, and you guys can go ahead and take your guesses. This person is one of the most, oh, how do we put this? This is going to, I feel like I'm going to give it away right away. Um, well-known as a gossip blogger 
for many years. I have many memories perusing this particular website. And to get the chance to speak with this person, I'm looking forward to it because this person is not only still very involved in celebrity gossip, but also starting their own line of CBD products. Oh, good. Yeah. There needs to be more CBD products, like products that you can take that are easy to do. Because the way that CBD comes, you get like a gel cap or you get like the oil. And it would be nice if it was available in in more forms and in more places. So I'm glad that this person is doing that. Uh, We haven't said it yet, but I think you've basically figured it out here, guys. Anyway, he's going to be on next week on After 9, and he'll tell you all about his new business venture. And then we'll ask him about some of the shit that's going on in Hollywood. Oh, one last thing before we go. Last night on Survivor, a major progressive change was made for the 21st season. No more guys. Come on in, 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 guys. They're getting rid of the word guys. And it's so funny because I was getting ready to correct you this morning. Uh, You said, oh, major change coming on Survivor. And I thought, no, no, no. I was watching, and they didn't do it. Jeff Probst asked people, hey, when I say come, out, come on in, guys, as he has done every season probably 20 times for the last 20 years, is that offensive? Does that bother you if I say come in, guys? Because mm-hmm. there's women out here as well. And everybody said, no, 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 it's fine. No issue there. Go ahead, keep saying it. It's tradition on Survivor. Keep saying, come on in, guys. But then somebody pulled the shoot on that and changed the plan at the end of the show, and I fell asleep. Yeah, uh, it was a contestant named Ricard who said, hang on, before we get to any further here, I had a chance to really think about it. Because at the point that he asked the contestants, they were frazzled, right? Their Mm -hmm. brain was mush. They were just trying to figure out how to survive on the island, collect their things. And the person said, I need a minute here. And I did get a minute, and I thought about it, and I thought, I don't think we should use it. I think that throughout the years, basically, the survivor has changed. Survivor has adapted Survivor's been more inclusive in many different ways. So why would we stop here? Why not be inclusive through and through and stop using the word? There's a reason why Jeff Probst brought it up. It obviously was making him uh, feel a little uncomfortable, perhaps, using a term guys uh, consistently. And maybe it's because of the women uh, contestants. Maybe it's because of the men there that didn't actually identify as guys. But it doesn't hurt anybody. Like, I am seeing some comments on it like, Oh, I'm going to cancel everything. Fuck, can't even call people guys anymore. Like, you can do whatever you want to do. The point is, it's not hurting anybody. It's a slight change, but it might make a big difference to some people. And maybe it will, you know, kind of make other people clue into how they do speak. I, I'm guilty of it. I say guys. All the I, time. I say guys all the time. And yep. now maybe I'll think about it. I didn't know I'd potentially and it's not necessarily about offending people but it is about being inclusive so maybe that's something that that you know you want to consider maybe it's not that's totally fine too it's not harming anyone for jeff probes to stop saying it so for the people who are complaining on social about it does that really change your life it doesn't but for someone else it might so move along one thing i will say is i've been watching jeff probes since before survivor and i can't believe it's been 21 years that survivor's on I was watching Jeff when he was hosting Rock and Roll Jeopardy. He is so fucking good yeah. at what he does. Yeah. And last night, I was really impressed. He had people tell their stories about, how did you get into Survivor? He, that was the first question he asked all of the contestants. And a couple of them stood out to me. One person said they've been watching for years. And when they immigrated to America, 
They learned English by watching Survivor. That was the show that they resonated with, and they picked up enough about the language that learning the rest of it was easy. So that was cool. And there was another person on there, a contestant, who says, 21 years ago, I started watching Survivor with my boyfriend. In those 21 years, now we are married and we have kids. And every Thursday night or Wednesday night or whenever it's on, it's a tradition that we would now watch the show with our kids. It's amazing how things go full circle, right? They really do, yeah. Jeff, if you felt old last night, you did that to yourself. But it was a great <laughs> little piece of nostalgia. Jeff's awesome. He's so good. Guys, have a great Thursday. We'll catch you right back here tomorrow with another edition of After 9. The winning ticket for the $432 million Mega Millions jackpot was sold a block away from our studio at Pronto Pizza. When asked what they'll do with $432 million, the winner said, hey, it's New York City. I'm going to move from my studio to a one-bedroom. Come on. Reality star Kylie Jenner unveiled the new products from her Kylie baby line, which include shampoo, conditioner, bubble bath, and lip injections. (laughs) The luxury toy car maker, the little car company this week, unveiled a child-sized Aston Martin that will sell for $120,000. The name is Bond. Unhealthy parental bond. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.